Welcome to the podcast of Life Church in Houston, Texas. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope that this message inspires your week, builds your faith, and ultimately brings you closer to Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Today we're going to be teaching about uh, I will worship in spirit and in truth. And, and the reason this is an important part of our life is because I think worship is much more than, than we've made it to be. I think sometimes we make worship something that just happens at the church. We, we come in and we sing a few songs and then that's our worship. When really worship is how we live our life. And, and when dad was writing this list, one of the things that he said here Number seven on his today list is, I will worship in spirit and in truth. Remain standing with me as I read this one scripture, then we'll pray and you may be seated. And I'm going to read from the book of John chapter four. This is where Jesus is talking to his disciples, talking to the followers. It's at the beginning of his ministry. And this is what he says. Yet a time is coming and has now come When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Amen. Lord, I just pray right now uh, that you would touch us and help us as we deliver the word that you have put in our hearts. And I pray, dear Lord, that uh, everyone that is listening, all of our campuses online, that their ears would be open to the spiritual thing that you want to say today and their hearts would be open for the seed to be planted deep inside of them and let it come forth, let it bring forth the fruit, dear Lord, that you intend for it to and really teach us today, Lord, how to worship in spirit and in truth. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you so much. This is where we need to start. We need to understand that worship is for God. Everybody say for God. You see, a lot of times what happens is we want to make worship for us. We want to make worship something that we enjoy. We want to make worship something that fits our likes, our dislikes. I've heard people through the years talk about styles of worship and, 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 whoa, I I don't like that song or I like that song or I I don't, the setting, whatever it may be. And, and, and listen, can we all find fault in anything? Yes, because we have this flesh that wants our way, but really worship is never about us. Worship is always for God. It's us bringing our worship to God And truly, there is no greater joy than worshiping the King of Kings. So when I worship, this is what I'm doing. I'm showing God what he is worth to me. That's what worship originally came from. It came from an old English word that meant to declare worth. So when I'm worshiping, this is what I'm doing. I am declaring the worth of God. Now, now that really sounds simple. It sounds something that that is really easy to do would be to declare the worth of God, uh, to, to attribute to him a certain value. I mean, we, we have a tendency to understand how to do that by living our life and looking at this car or looking at that house or looking at that, whatever it may be. And, and in our minds, we are already attributing worth to what those items may be. And, and, and oh, I want that one or I can't afford that one or whatever it may be. But so, so it should be something that would be easy for us to do when we worship is to declare the worth of God. But, but it leads to the big question. And the big question is, what is God worth to you? And what is his value in your life? I, I believe that when you truly discover the worth of God and the value of God, then, then you will become a worshiper and, and express worship not just through the words you say and, and not just through the songs that you sing, but our worship actually is now expressed by the life that we live. Amen. That's true worship by the life that we live. And if I really have a, a sense of the value of God, 
then it will flow out in everything about me, in the way that I live my life. Now, Jesus, as he's talking to these first century Christians, these followers, they're brand new. He's just called his disciples and, and they're walking with him. And they're, they're coming out of a, a culture that is full of worship. But most of that worship has become very ritualistic. It's become very just uh, something that they go through the motions. Uh, we see that from the book of Malachi when, when uh, the prophet talked about how the worship had become tiresome and wearisome to God because the people really didn't have their heart in it. And so as Jesus is teaching here at the beginning, he's saying you need to worship in spirit and in truth. Well, what does that really mean? How, how can I live my life where I am worshiping in spirit? And hear what it, here's, here's what it means. If I am a spirit worshiper, a worshiper from my spirit, it means that, that I am worshiping from the depths of my being. It, it's uh, something from uh, the essence of who I am. It, it, it comes back to the place of who I really am in the inner man. You see, worship is not just outward. Worship is something that is inward. And true worship is not mere form. It's not ceremony, which the, the people that he was talking to were very well accustomed to that. It's not going through the motions. It's, it's, a, it's a spiritual reality. I am worshiping the Lord in spirit, in everything that I have, from deep down inside, from the depths of my being, I will live my life worshiping him. But the Lord didn't stop there. He also said, not only do you need to worship in spirit, but you need to worship in truth. What does it mean to worship in truth? Well, this is what it means. It means that our worship must conform to the revelation of God that we find in the scripture. It, it must conform to this. It must, it, 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 it's an information book for us to see who God is. And then as we see who God is, our worship will then follow what the word of God has to say. And, and I want to talk about how important it is to worship him in truth. And I'm going to give you several points here and this actually is not a portion that's in the note. So if you want to write in the margin, this is a little uh, bonus part of my message today. Amen. So the, the first thing that we want to do is if we're going to worship in truth is we don't want to worship ignorantly. Don't want to worship ignorantly. Now, ignorantly is not really a, an insult. I know that many people use it as an insult. But in its original form, ignorant is just a word that means unaware. So we don't want to worship unaware. Let me give you a good example of this. Paul travels to the country of Greece and he is in Athens. And as he is walking through all of their temples and all of the places of worship, he sees all of these different idols and statues. And he looks and there is actually one statue where they have written to the unknown God. And, and, and so they're, they're just trying to cover all of their bases. And, and then as he gets into a conversation with them, he is telling them about this incredible man named Jesus, God manifest in the flesh, how he came and died and rose again. And, and they're listening to this. And, and as they're listening to it, they're, they're mocking. Some are believing, but some are mocking. And, and, and this is what he tells them in Acts chapter 17 and verse 30. He said, God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times. In other words, God knew that people didn't have a way of knowing this. But since the revelation of Jesus Christ has come now, God is not going to look uh, overlook the ignorance of people's worship when they have the truth in front of them. And the last part of that scripture says this, but now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him. So if I'm going to worship in truth, I don't want to worship ignorantly. I want to worship according to what the word of God has to say. The second thing I want to make sure that you understand is if we are going to worship in truth, we don't worship improperly, improperly. You see, God may have overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now 
He wants us to worship according to the way that we should worship. I'll give you another Bible example. God has always called for a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice, an offering from the earliest of times. And what we see, one of the very first stories in the Bible is we see Cain bringing an improper offering. Abel, his brother, brought an offering, a blood a sacrifice offering, gave it to the Lord. And, and, and I'm not sure why Cain didn't want to obey and Cain didn't want to follow what God had said, but he worshiped improperly. And, and because he worshiped improperly, his sacrifice was not accepted by God. So the problem with worshiping improperly is we may be going through the motions of something, but we may not have a worship that is not accepted by God because God sees that it doesn't match up where our heart is and what he really asked from us in the time of worship. And of course, we know Cain's heart was far from God, ended up uh, putting his brother to death. And, and so don't worship improperly. The third thing is we don't worship idols. And that seems to be an old phrase and, and something that's from long ago. But, but when God overlooked their ignorance in times past, the, the, the reason he did that is because he understood that they didn't know. And, and now we don't worship idols. We, we, we don't give ourselves to something that comes between us and God. And while we may not have statues of Zeus or, or any other foreign god that, that we worship, truly in the life that we're living today, if there's something that becomes between us and God and, and we give our attention to that, we're actually falling into that old way of idolatry where we're elevating something above God and in the day that we're living in, it could be money, it could be riches, it could be talent, it could be whatever it is. So we have to make sure that we don't offer that sacrifice to God uh, that is uh, idolatrous. And then the last thing in this particular part of worshiping in truth is we don't want to offer inferior worship. Everybody say inferior worship. Uh, and let me give you an example. I mentioned it before, but in Malachi... When God speaks to the children of Israel, they're bringing in these sacrifices and they're looking at their flock. And instead of bringing the best that God asked for, they're they're bringing in the culls. They're bringing in the ones, the sheep that are lame and blind and 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 they're sick. And and God looks and says, is this really what you want to give me? God didn't want to accept those offerings because he saw the heart of the people. I think this is important. Will you just turn to your neighbor and say, this is important? And I'm going to tell you why it's important. It's important because the world that we live in does not want to be told one thing about truth. And they want to worship God how they want to, when they want to, regardless of what type of life they're living and really, we have to go back to the word of God and we have to say, I have to worship. And when I worship, I have to worship in truth. I am, I am um, rooted in the word of God. Everybody say rooted in the word of God. I, I, I'm fastened to this. And, I, and I'm actually going to say a, a word that might be even offensive to some of you. This book restrains us in our way of worshiping. It, it binds us to what the revelation of Jesus Christ is and, and what God is all about. And so if I'm going to worship in spirit, I worship from the depths of my heart. And if I'm going to worship in truth, I'm going to worship in what the word of God says. So, so truth worship is real. It's sincere and it's biblical. Say that with me. Real, sincere, and biblical. I'm going to give you another chance. Let's say it again. Real, sincere, and biblical. So if I'm going to live my life worshiping, I'm going to live a life that is transparent. I'm going to live a life that is truthful. I'm going to live a life that is honest. I'm going to live a life where nothing is hidden. And I'm going to give a, live a life that is tied to what the word of God has to say. I, I'm thankful that God has given us liberty in worship. And yet in that liberty, he said, but this is how I want you to live and worship me. 
I, I love that. I love that he's given us the, the parameters and the way that we should live our life. And as we live our life, it is the sacrifice of worship that God wants from us. Years ago, I was uh, pastoring over in the southwest part of town over by Missouri City. And uh, as I was pastoring, I, I had a, a, work, a, a job to do. And, and the church that I pastored, we, we couldn't afford to really hire people. And so for about three weeks, I was removing vinyl tile from a floor. I was, had one of those tile poppers and I was popping the tiles off. And I, you know, it, was, it, it was just something I'd never done before. And, and, and you know, it, it was good for me. I, I actually enjoyed it. And I had this one guy that was loosely connected to the church. And, and he said, hey, I'll come and work with you. And he did. He worked right with me. We worked together for about four or five days. And, 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 you know, as we were working, I would try to talk to him about the church and talk to him about getting involved. And, and finally, on about the third day, he, he really wanted to kind of put the distance between it. He said, I'm glad to help you here, but, but I do religion how I want to do religion. Me, me and God are buddies he said, I like to just ride my horse out into the field and, and I like to get out there and talk to God. And, 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 you know, the sentiment of that is like, oh, that is so awesome that he's out there. And yet the scripture is full of scripture, of words and commandments about how we should worship him, gather together, sing together, pray together and how we should live our life. And of course, being in that room with him, with that dust flying from those vinyl tiles for three or four days, I realized that his life was a lot different than mine. And so it's important that we worship in spirit and in truth. I can't write the Bible for just me. I can't look at it and say, you know what, I'll take this part and I'm going to add this part. And I've got something over here I'll add. I want to worship in spirit and in truth. Amen. Amen. This is what we know. We know that there is a desire deep within us to worship God. It's just something that is a part of us. And that's why I love our worship times together. The team here did amazing this morning. The lights were flashing and they were spinning. And I know that had to be a distraction for them. But man, they were awesome today. And I'm so thankful for the worship that I felt here and the, the presence of God that I felt here. The team was just amazing. And, and I love just to worship God. And I love to see the church worship the Lord together. I love to see people singing. I love to see people digging in. And the reason that we do that is because there's something in us that, that we have that desire. We have the desire to worship. This is what the wise man Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 3 and 11. I'm going to read it here first in the New Living Translation and then the Amplified Translation. I've actually put it in your notes if you want to get that out and follow along in just a moment. In the New Living Translation, this is what it says. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Let's read it now in the Amplified. It says it like this. He has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. He also planted eternity, a sense of divine purpose in the human heart, a mysterious longing for nothing, which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Yet man cannot find out, comprehend, uh, understand, grasp what God has done for uh, his overall plan from the beginning to the end. And, and, and the last part, a lot of people get caught up in that. What do you mean? Well, God knows the end from the beginning. No man knows that. No man knows the complete plan of God. But yet God is constantly letting us in on the work and the secret of his kingdom. I don't want you to really focus on that last part. I want you to look at that part where we understand that there is something. There is a sense of divine purpose planted in us. It happened when we were born. It happened when we were uh, first came into this world. There is a longing and nothing which is under the sun can satisfy it. 
In other words, I could search all over the world and do all kind of things, but there will be nothing that will fill that desire except worshiping our mighty God. We, we sense that, don't we? How, how many of you sense that? We know uh, there, there, is a, there is a knowledge in us that there is something more. Amen? There is a, there is a deep-seated belief that there is, a, uh, there is a God and that He is in control and that, that He does love us. And, and that's what causes us to worship. It's just ingrained deep inside of us. It's the thing that we were created to do. Amen? I wonder if we could just take a moment and give the Lord a hand clap of worship. Amen. We were created to worship you, O oh Lord, and that's what we do today. We worship you. We worship you. We, we love you. We magnify you. We exalt you. You see, what I'm doing is I'm declaring the worth of God in my life. You mean everything to me, Lord. You, you mean everything to me. And, and we don't worship God because, oh, you know, I really need a breakthrough today, Lord. And I really need you to move. And I really need to touch you. So uh, you to touch me. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to worship. And you better come through and satisfy the hunger and the, the desires that I have. And, and that's the wrong way to approach worship. There's prayers that we pray where we bring the needs, but, but we don't worship just so we can get something. We worship to bless God. We worship to honor Him. We worship to recognize His worth. We worship to see His value. We worship to understand His place in our lives and in our church. Amen. We, that's how we worship. One of the greatest worshipers that we have ever known. And I, I cannot stand, you know, people that want to rank people. Oh, he's a great preacher and you know, he's the best of this and all that. I, I don't like that. I, I, I think, you know, we, we want to show honor to people that are faithful and consistent, but, but truly we're all just flesh walking around and, and, and all glory belongs to God. All glory belongs to God. All glory belongs to God. And, and so I say this, just because the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. In other words, God is saying that David has connected with him at such a level that his actions and the way that he acts is, is after God's own heart. And this is what David wrote in Psalms 34, 1 through 3. I will bless the Lord some of the time. I will bless the Lord when I feel like it. I will bless the Lord on 25 minutes on Sunday morning. No, no, we know, and I'm being silly, cute, but silly. And, and, and this is really what David says here. David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Say with, with me, at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. He says, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul is not going to boast in itself, but my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. And this is what I love about David, and it's really what happens with us when we live that life. It's easy for us to then say, hey, oh, come, let us magnify the Lord together. Magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I want more time. I think we ought to exalt the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will bless the Lord. You, you see, this is what David is saying here when he says, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continually be in my mouth. This is what he's saying here. He's saying, I have decided to worship. <laughs> he's not saying, I'm hoping somebody will get me in the mood to worship. He's not saying, I hope that the worship team brings it today so I can worship. He's not saying, the pastor better be good today so that I can worship. Listen to me now. He has decided that he is going to worship. He has decided that... Uh, 
I felt my foot stomp. Something's about to happen. He has decided that worship is not a momentary. It's, a, it's not something that is just fleeting experience, but it is a lifelong pursuit that I have that I will worship the Lord. Amen. He says here, I will worship willingly. I will bless the Lord at all times. It's a free will offering to God. It's something that is willing. He he says, I will worship continually. I, I just want you to know something. It is never, never, never inappropriate for you to worship God. I don't care what situation you're in and I don't care what the problems are in your life and I don't care what type of situation you find yourself in. There is never a time that it is inappropriate for you to say, God, you are great and mighty and awesome. One of the greatest spiritual battles that I ever fought was when I was a young man and not living the way that I should live and coming into a church service and fighting with the conviction and the condemnation and and all of the things and feeling like I couldn't worship when all that God was looking for was for my heart to return to him, for my heart to lift him up. And I remember when I had gone through a long spell of working and trying to wrestle with my life and following the things of the flesh and what what the world was all about. I remember sitting in that service on a Sunday morning and it was like I could not stand it. It was like there was ants crawling, ants in my pants if you want to. I, I just couldn't stop and finally I started lifting my hands and worshiping and I can tell you that that Sunday morning brought one of the greatest breakthroughs that I've ever had when I went beyond my faults and when I went beyond my failures and my shortcomings and I realized that God is worthy of my worship no matter what's going on in my life hallelujah hallelujah now I worshiped and then I went and found my place of repentance I didn't continue to live that type of life I I want you to understand that worship draws God into my life David in this passage of scripture he's talking about worshiping personally my soul shall make its boast in the Lord I was talking to Pastor Bryce this past week and he was talking about how um, worship is so much more than lifted hands we think that's it we oh let's lift our hands and worship the Lord and and everybody uh, most everybody says yeah I'll I'll do that with you and and some people say yeah I'll do that with you and some people say yes Lord I'll do that with you some people just say I don't do that you know whatever (laughs) but you know the truth is worship is much more than lifting hands it's willing heart that's what Pastor Price was saying it's a heart that says I will worship and I love the fact that it's worshiping together oh magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together it means that I'm worshiping God with others I I don't know about you and and, and listen here at Friendswood today the, the air conditioner is not working just like it should and the lights are flashing and and and, you know there's a lot of things that we could find fault in and complain about but I, I I just love the I just love to worship God together and I don't care. Look, I, I have been in churches, in places that, that they would love to have this. I, I, they would love to have a building like this. I, I've been in churches where there were dirt floors. And by the time you got through the first song, there was just a haze. And it wasn't the glory of God. It was the dust that people were kicking up. You, you walked out with a film on you of dust. I've, I've been in places where there was no air conditioner and you sweated so much. And, and, and that was back during the time that I had to wear a suit and a tie. And I can just remember when the service was over, I was a wilted flower. But God revived me. It's just, I'm just saying I love to worship the Lord. Is anybody with me? I I love to worship together. I I love to see you worship God. I I believe that we should. I, I say it just like David said. Hey, Life Church. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt 
His name together. I'm going to live life with people that love God and worship God. Uh, Listen, you you have an opportunity today to sign up for our life groups. If you go to life.cc slash life groups, you'll find a sign up all of the list over the next few weeks. We'll be signing up. And and I challenge you to to work, uh, to to live your life in worship and, and live your life Worshiping together and walking together and being friends with people that are headed in the same direction that you are. I love that passage of scripture. I, I, think, I think this is what many of us think. Worship will lead me to an encounter with God when truly worship is an encounter with God. It's not an emotion that I stir up because I sing one song and then by the second song I've hit my stride and I'm in the spirit or, or maybe at the third song when they get to the bridge, oh, I really feel the Lord at that point. That's, that's not what we're looking for. Worship is when I first walk into the building and I make up my mind, I'm here, I'm going to give myself to God and that is the encounter that God is looking for. I, I want to preach on here for a few minutes. I, it's only five after 11. I, I've got so much time left. This is what I find about worship. Worship invites God into my circumstances. Did anybody bring any circumstances into the building today? Let me just see your hands if you brought circumstances. Of course you did. We all brought circumstances. And some of them are sad circumstances. Some of them are difficult circumstances. But this is what worship does, regardless of the situation, the circumstances. It's inviting God to inhabit that place that I'm at. Acts chapter 17. We see that Paul and Silas have gone to the city of Philippi and they're about to start a church. They, they start and they have a couple of incredible converts and and they're going through the city and they're they're preaching the gospel and testifying and 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 then there's this little woman that starts following them that is uh, possessed by an evil spirit And, and she starts proclaiming things not out of the spirit of God but out of this evil spirit that possessed her and Paul and Silas were very very um, patient with her. But after a certain amount of time, they turn and they call that evil spirit out of her and she is delivered. And she was one of the first people we see that were was trafficked by somebody else. It was actually men that were profiting off of this uh, spirit of divination that she had. And, and when they found out that she had been delivered from this, they were so angry and they went and complain to the authorities. And Paul and Silas are thrown in jail. But they're not only thrown in jail. Folks, they're beaten. And, and, and it's not just a, a, a slap on the cheek or a pat on the back. They, they were beaten with rods. A hard beating and, and torture, if you will. And, and after this was over, they were put in the inner prison. In other words, they were in the place of the highest security And their feet were attached to uh, what they call stocks. They were chained down. And and my goodness, this seems like a difficult situation. And and as they're being left in this situation, they they see the sentence is handed down. Tomorrow we're going to kill you. That's a pretty bad situation. You know, pretty bad. You've been beaten You've been arrested, you've been humiliated, you've been locked up, chained down in the inner prison, and and when the sun comes up in the morning, they're going to put you to death. Doesn't seem there's a lot to praise God over, right? Doesn't seem like there's a lot to be happy over. But the Bible tells us in the book of Acts chapter 16 and 25, around midnight, (laughs) the darkest time of the night, the time when it seems like there's not hope. The time when they had to be exhausted, spent, when their, when their physical strength has fled from their body because of all they've gone through. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were, was praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. They were singing. They're praising God. Guess what? It's easy to be happy 
and full of worship in pleasant circumstances. It's, it's easy to be happy and to lift God up when there's not any problems in your life. But real joy only comes from within. And it is a gift that is available to us at all times. So they praise God in their prison. It seemed if nothing could make them stop praising God. And this is amazing. Their example is having a profound effect on the other people. The prisoners are listening. That there's something that is stirring there. There is a revival that is being birthed because these two men decided to worship God in these horrible circumstances. Now, I want to say something else about this. It was also important for us to see what they didn't do. They didn't curse man. They didn't complain. They didn't berate. They didn't pout. They didn't curse God. They didn't blame God. God, you sent us here. Why have you put us in this place? One writer said it like this. Instead of cursing men, they blessed God. Instead of leaving, they stayed and witnessed. This is what I believe. We should worship in every circumstance. We should work. Again, is there anybody here that brought in bad circumstances, situations that you're not happy with? Now is the time to worship God. Will you join me for a minute and let's just worship him. We worship you, oh God, and exalt your name, your name, your name. I, I really want to spend a moment here talking to the men of Life Church. I'd like for all of the men that are in the Friendswood campus, the Houston campus, the League City campus. I, I want you to stand for a few moments. I, I, want, I want to see you. I want you to look at me and, and hear what I have to say here for just a, a few moments. I, men, it's difficult sometimes to express emotion. It, it's difficult times, at times to show sensitivity. And, and, and it's not the same uh, with women, many times women have a much more easy time walking into that time of worship. So if we see that this is something that is difficult for us, men, we have to fight against it. And we have to say, no matter what this is, I am going to worship God. King David was a mighty warrior. I mean, I mean, look at Look at the things that he did, the, the, the campaigns that he led that were victorious, the killing of Goliath, of the lion, of the bear. And, and yet at his core, he's not necessarily known as a warrior. He's known as a worshiper. He's known as someone that, that had a sensitivity that enabled him to enter into worship. And, and I don't think there's a person alive that would say that David was less of a man because he spent so much time lifting God up and worshiping God. And I just want to ask you, what would it look like in your family if you were the one that led them in worship? What would your family look like? Because many times it's the women that lead our families in worship. But what would it look like if a man said, in my house, I am going to lead. I'm going to break out. I'm going to blaze the trail, the path in worship. I want to ask you another question, men. What would life church look like if we were filled with men, if our campuses were filled with men who worship God? This is what Paul said. Is he's writing to his young apprentice, his, the, the, the man that he's mentoring to step into his place. He, he writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2 and 8, In every place of worship, whenever the churches gather together, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted to God, free from anger and controversy. Men, I want you to know something. When we lift our hands, this is what we're doing. We are presenting everything that we are, everything that we have done, and everything we have to God. Here I am, God. It all belongs to you. 
When, when men, when we lift our hands, this is what we're doing. I'm not just lifting my hands, but I'm lifting up Nancy and I'm lifting up Bo and Lauren and I'm lifting up Ben and Megan and I'm lifting up Lace and I'm lifting up, I'm lifting up Scarlett and I'm lifting up uh, Imogene and I'm lifting up Ira John. I'm lifting my family to God. That's what happens when men worship the Lord and lift up their hands. I'm lifting up my work. I'm lifting up my money. I'm lifting up everything thing to God. I want to give it to God. I want to give it to God. That's, that's why we lift holy hands. We lift holy hands because we're, we're in the place of surrendering. Here we are, God. We give it all to you. And when men lift their hands, that's what happens. You see, family values, that's the series we start next Sunday and there'll be live preaching at every campus next Sunday and, and, and it starts um, it, it, it's, it's about how important our family is. And men, you know that we know that. It, 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 Paul says it here. He very specifically said that he wished men would lift up holy hands. And that, that holy hands, it doesn't mean that I'm a spotless or that I don't have flaws. It just means that I am consecrating myself to God. That I am dedicating myself to God. And, and as he's talking about lifting up holy hands, he was talking about this longing that men would present themselves as dedicated and consecrated to God. And I, I just want to ask all of the men, I, I'd like for you to just lift up holy hands with me for a moment in all of our campuses. And Lord, I love you. Just, just let a praise come out of us. Lord, I love you. You see our hands lifted. We present ourselves to you, oh God, as men that are dedicated and consecrated to your kingdom. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can men, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. And, and I'm just going to close up. I'm down at the very last of my sermon here. And, and, and I want to ask, well... Okay, I know that should be just a part of my life, but how do I do that? How, how do I worship? I, I remember when I was young, uh, I would go to the prayer room and there was a guy that would come and pray in the prayer room. And he had the most poetic and flowerly prayer that you could ever imagine. I mean, I remember one particular uh, Sunday I was praying and he started thanking God for the mallard duck. And he started talking about all the way that the mallard duck was. I stopped praying and just sat and listened like a science lesson. I figured all this stuff out about the mallard duck. And I thought, I can't pray like that. <laughs> I can't worship like that. And, and you don't have to. This is what... Worship is. It just begins with you saying, thank you. Thank you, God, for keeping me another week. Thank you, God, for protecting my family another week. Thank you, dear Lord, for all that you've done for me. Is anybody thankful? I thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done. I thank you. That's why David said in Psalms 104, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Praise his name. He's worthy of praise. The writer of Hebrews said it like this. Therefore, since we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Oh, listen. I know that the world around me is shaken. It's unsure. I don't know what's going to happen next. But the kingdom that I'm a part of... <laughs> It's rock solid, baby. It won't move. It won't crumble. It won't crack. It won't quake. The kingdom I'm a part of is cannot be shaken. And the writer goes on to say, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. You see, when I thank God for what he does, when I thank God for taking care of me, it goes from me saying, thank you, God, for taking care of me, for me to really seeing who God is. He is my protector. And when I thank God for healing me, it goes beyond just the healing that is in my body. I start seeing God for who he is. He's my healer. And I start thanking God for giving me this opportunity. And I start moving beyond just the opportunity. And I recognize that he is the one that is the provider and the supplier and that he is sufficient. He is sufficient. 
David again wrote, give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Will you just say it with me? God is great. Say it with me. God is great. Let's just say it. I mean, the Bible gives us this commandment. Let's just say, thank you, God. And then let's say, God is great. And let the whole world know what he has done. What he has done. Uh, has he done anything in your life? Has he done anything in your life? I, I want to know, has he done anything in your life? Let me hear it from you. Has he, has he done anything in your life? Ha, ha, has he been good to you? Has he been merciful to you? Has he reached for you? Has he helped you? Then we ought to let the whole world know. We ought to let everybody know. I just wonder... Is there anyone here today that the Lord saved you? Let me see your hand. Let me see you. Has he saved you? We ought to be thankful for him saving us. Is there anybody in the house that he has redeemed you? Have you been redeemed? Have you been purchased from, from your life of sin by the precious blood of Jesus? We ought to worship him for redeeming us as he provided. Is there anybody in the house he's provided for you? We should worship him for he has provided for us. Let's stand together and worship him. Let's worship him. Has he worshiped you? Can you worship him because he's delivered you? Is there anybody in the house that's been delivered? Come on. Is there anybody in the house that has been delivered? I know that there are some people in the campuses that we're preaching to right now. You've been delivered. You've been delivered from alcohol. You've been delivered from drugs. You've been delivered from lust. You've been delivered from pornography. You've been delivered in so many different ways. You know what you should do? You should worship him because of what he has done. And as I worship him for delivering me, he becomes the deliverer. Is there anybody here that he's ever given you a word of wisdom in your time of need? He has become your counselor. I worship him because he is my counselor. I worship him because he has comforted me. I worship him because he has been my friend that has stuck closer than a brother. I worship him because he has been my protector. I can tell you more than once. I have called on the name of Jesus in a time of danger. And I'm thankful that he has seen me through. He has protected me. I, 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 he has defended me. He has sustained me. I am worshiping because he has restored me. I'm worshiping him because he is my Prince of Peace. I wonder, Life Church, if we can close out this message by just worshiping the Lord. Can you just lift your hands and let's worship? Let's clap our hands and worship. Let's open our voice and worship. Let's worship God today. I will worship in spirit and in truth. I will worship in spirit and in truth. From my innermost being, I will worship. That's who I am. I am a worshiper. I was born to worship. It was planted in me. I will worship Him. And I'll worship Him in truth in the great revelation of Jesus Christ. God manifest in the flesh. Came as a sacrifice, an offering for me. Shed His blood so that I can be free. I will worship Him as my Savior. I will worship. I will worship. I want to get in the rhythm of worshiping the Lord at all times. I want to get into the rhythm of when my eyes open up in the morning. From the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, the name of the Lord is to be praised. I want to get in the rhythm of just praising Him in all of my circumstances. I, I, listen, listen, I don't want to go to prison. I, I don't want to be, be beaten with rods. I, I don't want my feet to be locked up. I hope that never happens. But if it does, God, give me the strength to sing praises and worship your name at midnight. Now, while that may never happen, I know I'm going to face other circumstances. I'm going to face problems. God, let me make up my mind right now. My decision is that I will worship.
I will worship you. It's, it's an intentional life that I want to live. It, it's a life of rhythm. It, it's a life of living. The whole beginning of this year, we've talked about rhythm of a, of a repeated uh, a lifestyle that I'm doing over and over again. And I'm praying and I'm serving and I'm worshiping and I'm walking with God. And I'm, I'm just intentional about it. I'm intentional. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a part of a life group. I'm going to be intentional about walking with God. I'm going to be intentional about reading my Bible. Some of you need to get the one-year Bible and, and catch up. Double up for these last 27, 28 days, whatever it is. And, and then read every day. This is what I say. Let today be a day of decision. Everybody say decision. I will worship. I will worship you, Lord. For you deserve it. I will worship you, Lord. I will worship you in spirit and in truth. I will worship you. I wonder today, and, and as you came in, you had this Connect card given to you. If you, if you didn't, there's some available. But on, on the back, there is a place where it says life change. And, and there's some places where you can say, this is the day that I've made this decision. The first one is, I am surrendering my life to Jesus. That, that's the greatest decision that you could ever make is to take that step of walking with Jesus. Of walking with Him. That, that's what Jesus wants. He just wants you to walk with Him. And as you walk with Him, you'll get to know Him and see everything that is. I, if, if you're here today and that's the decision that you've made, I want you to check that. But beyond that, in all of the campuses, if today's the day you're making that decision, I want you to just raise your hand. I, I want to see your hand if this is the decision that you're making today. Thank you so much. And, and if you've raised your hand, please connect with one of our prayer team members. Our, our prayer team is coming to the front now at all of the campuses and, and, and I want you to go and pray with them and let them walk you through that next step that God has for you. I, I, it also says I'm renewing my commitment to Jesus. Maybe, maybe you kind of drifted away and you're ready to get plugged back in. I, I'd like for you to check that and then turn that in at the next step uh, booth outside. Uh, maybe you want to be baptized there at the Houston campus. There's an opportunity for you to be baptized today. And, and at our League City campus, our Friendswood campus, next Sunday is Baptism Sunday. Isn't that correct? Is it next Sunday? Second Sunday of the month. So just coming up in a couple of weeks, you'll have that opportunity. Check that and, and get with one of the team. And then, and then finally, I'm ready to start serving. Hey, hey listen, let me just give a plug. If, if you're just coming in and you're just trying to follow Jesus, sign up for a freedom life group and, and let freedom just be a part of what God wants to do in your life. Let God help you as you surrender to Him. And we're going to close here in just a moment and the campus worship teams are going to take it back. And, and if you've made one of those decisions, I want you to come and pray with the prayer team today. Let them help you take that next step. And, and so uh, I'm going to pray and then we'll turn this to the worship pastors at the end of my prayer. Lord, thank you so much for what you've done for us today, God. I, I just pray, dear Lord, that, that this sermon, while it may be over now, that in the morning there will be an echo in the ears of every person that has listened. And, and I pray that in the morning... That when people get up, they'll say, I'm going to worship God today. And that whatever the circumstances and situations may happen throughout the rest of this week, that they will worship you. And I pray, dear Lord, that people would just take that next step and let their life be surrendered to you. I ask it in Jesus' name.